This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. And we have a last-second roster addition in here as Paulie Pencilneck, Paulie Pigskin sitting in, Paul Calvisi, Bertrand Berry. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Let's see here, B, right off the top. More physical, more leadership. That's what Steve Keim had in mind when he set about this offseason. Some decisions, according to the GM, were easy, like Dennis Gardak. Some were unexpected. I think the word was shocked, the word Steve Kime used when it came to the availability of Rodney Hudson before he pulled the trigger on that trade. Some decisions and expenditures and investments perhaps against the grain when it comes to A.J. Green and some of the sentiment that's out there. And then some, as Steve Kime said, are just flat out extremely difficult, quote-unquote, talking about Patrick Peterson moving on to the Vikings. The offseason is officially here and has washed over us right now, and we are here to cover it. The Cardinals Red Sea Report for the next hour. Paul Calvisi and Bertrand Berry. B-Train, how are we doing? Doing pretty good, brother. How about yourself? You know, here we are. You know, all of a sudden, uh, I was on the sideline. I had my seeds. I had the ball cap on, a clipboard, and then boom, because of a technical <laughs> difficulty, here I am. I'm in the huddle leading things and hoping to get the ball to my playmakers, namely you. Well, hey, brother, you know, that's the way it goes. Next man up. You're, you're always one play away, and uh, you, we saw this in the radio version of it. So I know you're ready, PC, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> And, hey, this is what the offseason is all about. This is why, truly, in a lot of reasons, you know, there is no offseason. There's always news. There's always seemingly something happening. Just give me a couple of takeaways as to what you've seen so far. And, and I say that because, you know what, it appears that the Cardinals have hit the pause button for now, although Steve Kime did have a cryptic comment yesterday when talking to the media that maybe over the next couple of weeks or so there might be a happening at the tight end position, for example. And then, of course, we know needs and wants. There's a serious need right now at cornerback. But hit Zoom out and tell us what you think so far of this offseason by the Big Red. Well, so far, I've been really encouraged by their ability to bring in needs and, and guys that are going to help this team where there were areas uh, of concern. And so I thought with the offensive line, I thought uh, bringing in Hudson, I thought that was a great addition and, and the other linemen as well. And, and of course, anytime you lose to Patrick Peterson, you, 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 you definitely uh, remember all of the great moments and you thank him for all the great memories that he provided. And I think he lived up to that, that draft slot where he was picked and uh, he gave us 10 great years of football. But I think you have to look towards the future and, and looking at the future, I think it's, it's bright. And, and thinking about the NFC West, Paul, there are so many different players that are being added to the NFC West 
Uh, it's really become sort of an arms race, if you will. I've been saying that for a few weeks. But I think the Cardinals have done their part in making sure that they're keeping up with the division because that's going to be a, a brutal schedule as far as playing those teams twice every single year, every single yeah, year. When yep. you start talking about San Francisco, Seattle, and the Rams and the additions and, and subtractions they've made to try to bolster their rosters, the Cardinals, I think, have kept up, and, and I'm so interested and I'm so, uh, so so excited to see how this team is going to look uh, when they roll the balls out for real in September. I mean, think about it. Two of the three Pro Bowl quarterbacks reside in the NFC West in Russell Wilson and Kyla Murray. The Rams just traded for Matthew Stafford. They consider that an upgrade, a Pro Bowler in his career. The only other one there that's outside the division would be Aaron Rodgers, your MVP. So you start there. Thou shalt protect your quarterback, right? That was Steve Kimes thinking, and and we know what Kyla Murray has been thinking in this offseason. More than once he has tweeted out something to the effect of protect thy quarterback. And so with that in mind, Steve Kime executed the Rodney Hudson trade, sending a third-round pick to the Raiders in return they get a seventh rounder from vegas and rodney hudson a three-time pro bowl center here's the gm and how that trade went down well like everybody i I saw the news that he was potentially going to be released which shocked me uh, because of the type of player that i saw on tape Um, so then when the opportunity presented itself when i talked to mike mayock we tried to pull the trigger extremely quick it was it it took a matter of minutes to get the deal done and really excited about what he brings to the table uh, not only on the field but in the locker room as well you know there's a variety of stats on rodney hudson one according to pro football focus in his 10-year career he's allowed 10 sacks one per season now we know dj humphreys right longtime host of the uh, the big red rage and his theory has always been that an offensive lineman especially a left tackle is perhaps the most athletic guy in the field b train and let me explain this to you as someone who used to try and dominate left tackles in your career because if they go 60 70 snaps a game and they got to deal with the best combination of speed and power in the game at that position, pass rushers, and then perhaps you one snap out of the 60 or 70, you give up a sack, all of a sudden you're trash, right? I mean, think of the expectations of an offensive lineman, and now you're talking about adding a center, Rodney Hudson, who has given up 10 sacks in 10 years, not one per game, one per season on average. I, I want to pump the brakes on the best athlete on the field because we're, we're talking about a guy that really only makes about four or five steps per play. So you can't be the best athlete and you're only taking about four or five steps per play. Now, I will say from a com- competitive standpoint, those guys are really good athletes in all seriousness and, and their jobs are uh, a lot more difficult than, than some others on the football field in the course of a given uh, game. But, uh, to say that they're the best athletes, I think there are some, some, some wide receivers and some, some tight ends and defensive ends that would beg to differ, even some quarterbacks, with what they're able to do and, and, and running back. So uh, I, I have a lot of respect for, for DJ and, and, and left tackles that, that were the bane of my existence for many years, but uh, we'll, we'll just hold off on saying they were the best yep. athletes on the field. Okay, so I want you to tell me about what the center position in an upgrade like Rodney Hudson does for the Cardinals O-line in general right after we hear from the newest Cardinal, Rodney Hudson, his version and take on the trade process. It was a good bit of uncertainty. Uh, I will say the the trade was a bit of a surprise. Um, But here I am today, and and that's all that matters, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting started here. Three-time Pro Bowler. He was a second-team All-Pro in 2019. What do you think this does for the Cardinals O-line? 
Well, it definitely bolsters the offensive line, and, and I think it makes them better right in the, the middle. And you talk about the center. The center is basically the quarterback of the offensive lineman. He's the guy that's making a lot of the checks. He's telling the quarterback what uh, he should be doing, and, and he's the guy other than the quarterback who touches the ball every single play. So he's one of the more important players on the entire field as far as the offense is concerned. And so when you have a center at the caliber of Rodney Hudson, I think it definitely bolsters what you want to do. And I think if you're Kyler Murray, you can't help but feel much better about your protection going into the season now that they've made this acquisition because you voiced your opinion and they responded. So now it's back on Kyler to go out there and make that next step as far as being a franchise-type quarterback. They've given you the help that you've asked for. Now it's a matter of putting in the work and, and doing your due diligence on the field and making sure that you continue to ascend to the top of the NFL and, and the Cardinals have done their part. So now the, the focus is squarely back on number one and, and what is he going to do to make sure this team reaches their goals. And that's true. We have heard from Kyla Murray more than once about the offensive line and the Cardinals need, in his opinion, to address a few aspects of that. Rodney Hudson heard from the Cardinals quarter pack upon completion of the trade. Yeah, uh, he actually uh, texted me and uh, texted him back. We uh, shared a few messages together, but uh, very talented, big arm, obviously fast and quick. The first thing I do is just come in and be myself and, you know, just be, you know, whatever I can do for him to help him, whatever he needs to assist him. You know, he's obviously super talented. Two thoughts on the addition of Rodney Hudson. You tell me if I'm on or off base here, and I know you will, Bertrand Barry. We go back a long way. Number one. Any quarterback can't stand interior pressure. It's the quickest route to a quarterback from point A to point B is straight through the middle of the interior O-line, especially when you're under six feet tall. That's just vexing, and that's a problem. And so, yes, the Cardinals needed to get that addressed. Number two, beyond pass protection, how many times did we see fourth and short, third and short, and the Cardinals were stymied and and came up short in the run game, and a lot of times that pressure came right through the middle of the offensive line, and there were tackles for loss, and a lot of times that was right through the A-gaps. And so to me, it's no surprise that Steve Kime didn't hesitate to pull the trigger on this deal. Well, both of those issues are, are big facts, and I'll even take it a step further. When you start talking about a center, you can't afford to have a center that's making mental errors. You can't have false starts. You can't have holes. You can't have a guy that's getting beat from a physical standpoint at that position because, as you said, it is the quickest route to a quarterback. And if you are one of the weakest links, then that is going to create problems for Kyler Murray. So he definitely is going to feel better about lining up under center or or taking snaps from Rodney Hudson because he has proven that when push comes to shove, uh, he is very reliable and, and he is going to do his job and he's not going to put not only the quarterback but the entire offense in harm's way by his, his mental capacity and, and being ready uh, on a given snap. So I think you've upgraded tremendously just by bringing him in and knowing that he's a guy that's going to just do his job and, and not put you behind the eight ball and in negative yardage situations before you even get started on the series. As an example – train of that football IQ uh, when you have to go ahead and set the pass protections a lot of that falls 
on a center. More experience, the better, right? And and I go back to when Mason Cole was young, and we had A.Q. Shipley a few years ago, and he went down the red and white practice, and, and he missed that entire season, and Mason Cole came in as a rookie. And, I mean, he, he did yeoman work in all 16 games. But that next camp, everyone figured it would be a tight battle, and it really wasn't. A.Q. Shipley won that competition handily, and a lot of it in talking to the coaches was just based on his football IQ and his experience in recognizing fronts. And with Kyler being a young quarterback, I, you got to figure that's invaluable, right? Of course it's invaluable because when you start talking about relationships on the football field, the quarterback and head coach have a tremendous relationship, right? But then you start looking at the quarterback and center, that's another tremendous relationship. And when you talk, start talking about all-time teams. You talk about the Steelers in the 70s. You start uh, talking about the Packers back in the day. They all had great centers that were at the middle of of that success. And so when you have guys that can really be in sync with the quarterback and and get everybody in position to be successful on the offensive side, then there's very little thing, there's very few things that you have to worry about as far as uh, the, the offense doing what they're supposed to do because everybody knows when they're what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it. And so that's half the battle. Then it's just a matter of execution. And I think once guys know what they're supposed to do and they can count on the guy next to them, then you have a solid unit. And then you're able to build on that and and go out and do tremendous things on the offensive side of the ball. This is more of a rhetorical question, but when was the last time the Cardinals had a Pro Bowl caliber center? I mean, you can go back decades, and according to Pro Football Focus, Rodney Hudson, his pass blocking grade since 2015, 93.6, is the best among all centers in, during that span. He's allowed three sacks, according to their metrics, in nearly 3,500 pass block snaps. Think about that and what sort of addition that is to the Cardinals offensive line. Hey, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Go to azcardinals.com slash app for more. It's been a pleasure, B-Train. I'm going to go back to the sideline. I'm going to grab the ball cap and a Gatorade, and I'll have a front row seat for the rest of the Cardinals Red Sea Report as Craig Rigolo and Mike Jarecki are up next here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. This one's an interesting one, and it's just amazing how much talent the Arizona Cardinals keep amassing for their quarterback, Kyler Murray. A.J. Green has just signed a one-year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are cooking now. Hey, man, you get Kyler Murray, and then you add DeAndre Hopkins, and then you add A.J. Green. So A.J. Green and J.J. Watt are Arizona Cardinals in the last few weeks. Tremendous, tremendous signings to supplement what you're already building. If you're going to protect Kyler Murray, then you also have to be able to provide weapons for the quarterback to throw to. And that's exactly what General Manager Steve Kime did with the acquisition or the signing, I should say, of A.J. Green. Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Yes, Paul Calvisi back on the sidelines. Appreciate him. Paulie Pinch hitter as Craig Real and Mike Jarecki rejoining Bertram Berry on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. B-Train, did you miss us? Of course I missed you guys. I mean, anytime that you have teammates down due to injury, you you definitely miss them. But, you know, you have to have that next man up mentality. And and Paulie came in in a tight spot and 
and perform well, you guys should be proud because uh, he, he did you guys justice. And uh, that, that, that just goes to show the quality depth that we have here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Sounds like the Cardinals offensive line. I enjoyed your conversation, you know, talking about Rodney Hudson. I think he's going to be a big, big improvement to that line. And now oh, you've, man, got, I'm, I'm, yeah. you've got time now for Kyler Murray in that pocket to throw the football to, and we just heard it, A.J. Green in the fold, a one-year deal worth a reported $6 million. Could be worth as much as $8 million with incentives, but someone who's got the size B trained, 6'4", 210, as I like to say, the resume as well. Ten seasons with the Bengals, but now, finally, for the first time, we'll be wearing a different colored uniform. And it's amazing that you have these weapons that, that go along with Kyler Murray and what was already here. And I, I look at this, this roster now, and it's definitely up to par with what we've seen with the NFC West. We've talked about this, Craig, being an arms race. And, and you've seen the other teams make moves to try to better their roster. And the Cardinals were not going to just stand pat and let the other teams just pass them by. They, they were active. They were aggressive. And I think Steve Kime and the rest of his uh, his, his group deserves a lot of credit because uh, they understood that in order to win one of the more already uh, brutal divisions, you had to make sure that you, you stepped up and, and you gave your franchise quarterback ample weapons to be able to choose from. And they've done that. So now the focus is back and the, the pressure is back on the players to go out there and perform because uh, this is a solid group. And with the additions that they've made, they should be very competitive in the NFC West in 2021. And this is something, MJ, that was a talking point at the end of the season. Another playmaker. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, but who else do you have? And that's wide receiver, tight end, running back. There needed to be that other guy, and A.J. Green right now is that other guy. Yeah, and he played all 16 games last year, and we talked about it you know, earlier when the Cardinals signed him. Three different quarterbacks. You can see he got a little frustrated, but you know, just based on his press conference, uh, you know, he's he's, he's soft spoken. But I could see that he's excited about you know getting a new fresh start in his career at this point, and so he's got a leash on life, and he's still a really good route runner. Um, you know, the fifty-fifty balls, he's going to come down with them. Uh, they needed a number two receiver, and this guy's accomplished a lot. Now, again, the, these guys are a little bit older, but he didn't forget how to run a route. He didn't forget how to catch a football. So it will take pressure off of Hopkins where he may not see as much double teams. It's going to open up the possibly the running game because now you got to, you know, before when you had Andy Isabella or Keyshawn Johnson, you can kind of cheat a little bit with your safeties and corners. Now all of a sudden you're going to have to uh, put a guy on A.J. Green. So that should open up the offense, but I still think he has something left before we hear from green let's hear from the general manager steve keim on why green makes sense for the cardinals offense it all starts with the tape and and uh, i don't think his stats are really telling a great story about the type of player he still is in my opinion i think he was targeted 118 times uh we charted it i think there was 38 uh balls that, that were uncatchable to our scouts and to our to our coaching staff so he's still got a lot left in the tank in my opinion runs great routes uh, really strong in traffic, really strong hands, still has the vertical speed, runs crisp routes. And that, MJ, goes back to what you were saying about the number of different quarterbacks. Joe Burrow for 10 games, and then all of a sudden the last six games with Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley. And these just guys, none of them were really on the same page because if you're getting targeted, that seems to me that, hey, you're at least 
getting open or you're a focal part of the offense, but they're just not connecting. Yeah, and you, you got a young head coach there. I mean, uh, Joe Burrell is the reason why he got hurt. They couldn't protect him. And so if you get, don't get the running game going and all of a sudden, you know, he's running a route and the quarterback's running around and he doesn't see him open, so he throws it. So it, it'll be night and day here with Kyle Murray getting rid of the ball and then the protection up front. And the numbers do not tell the entire story here, B-Train, but I do think the one number that Cardinal fans should be aware of, and that is 16 games. A.J. Green, who has missed a total of 29 games because of injury over the past five seasons, was on the field for all 16 games last season. And I think, obviously, you know, you can only be productive if you're on the field. And I think for taking a one-year contract, this might be something that A.J. Green has a little something to prove to everyone out there. And I think for him, having the numbers that he had last year, obviously not having your, your franchise quarterback in there a good part of the season, uh, that was a reason that his numbers weren't what we expected from A.J. Green. And, and of course, you want to go out there and, and, and constantly prove yourself. You want that respect. But I think he's looking long-term. He's playing the long game here. If he can come out and he can, he can ball out and do everything that they expect him to do here in Arizona, then he knows that he can be in a situation where he will be in a, a – organization that will try to win every single year. No no diss to Cincinnati, but we know that there were times where it was maybe not as as, uh, as, as aggressive in trying to win as, as other teams. So the fact that you're, you're with an organization now that wants to win, and now if you can showcase yourself uh, in the postseason and, and, and do some things here, then it'll show that what happened last year and in those years where you were injured were, were just – anomalies and they aren't necessarily who you are as a receiver and I'm looking forward to seeing him and and DeAndre Hopkins on the field together because where are you going to go with the coverage I mean pick your poison uh whichever way you go it pretty much equals death metaphorically speaking of course and it doesn't hurt that they uh they practice on grass and they play on grass and when you get to that age you you know you want to feel good on when you're playing and and listen the Cardinals have done a good job over the years now I know people are fixated about DeAndre Hopkins not practicing, but there'll be a point in the year maybe he doesn't practice on a Wednesday just to make him make sure he's, you know, fresh for the game. But the fact is, everything. The only time they go in the bubble is more for a walkthrough, unless the weather's a factor. But he's going to practice on grass, and we know State Farm Stadium has the best, uh, you know, grass in the NFL. Green will be 33 when the season begins, but for him, that is just a number. I feel like I have a lot left in the tank. You know, I still feel feel young. Legs feel young. You know, last year was a difficult year for me playing with uh, these different quarterbacks coming off an of injury. But, you know, I wouldn't change that for anything in the world. I think that, that made me a better person, you know, on the field, mentally stronger. But I know I feel like I got a lot more years left in me. Hitting free agency, he was looking for a place that would – fit his skill set and then also give him an opportunity to win on Sundays and for him that was the Arizona Cardinals and a big reason why he said was because he'll be throwing or he'll be catching passes from and that would be Kyler Murray. You know I feel like this lead is going to you know the quarterbacks who can um, really create and I feel like he plays at a very high level to where you know he don't have to sit back there um, he can move around make plays on his legs and just get the ball out. Um, you know, I talked to Coach Lewis, and I, I'm pretty sure he's been to a couple practices, and he said he told me one thing but about Kyler, man, he can slay it, AJ. He's going to be very happy. 
and that Coach Lewis B. Train, Marvin Lewis, the former Bengals head coach who was the man that coached A.J. Green for so many years. And, yes, it's good to have intel on the inside, even if you're Coach Lewis and, you know, you're still sort of on the sidelines, but you're well aware of what's going on here in the state of Arizona. When you're a veteran and you've been around the NFL, you know talent and you know guys that can play and and you know how to spot them right out of the gate. And and Coach Lewis definitely – has an eye for spotting talent, and he, he saw that, that Kyler Murray is the good. And, and, of course, having the relationship that he had with A.J. Green, A.J. Green was going to trust him with his judgment. And so uh, it, it was really once once he signed off and, and kind of gave it that seal of approval, if you will, then I, I think it was easy for A.J. to make that call. And getting back to what Mike was saying, as a veteran, yeah, you don't you don't want to be in cold weather situations all the time because it takes you a little while to warm up. As a guy that that spent some time in cold weather environments, I was more than happy to end my career here in Arizona because uh, going out there with seventy degrees all the time and indoors on grass, that is definitely a much better proposition than being in the frozen tundra or being in Minnesota or somewhere where it's cold and and uh, it takes the muscles a little while to warm up. So. Uh, that definitely is an underrated issue that a lot of veterans that, that move around to other locations definitely consider. Yeah, and, and if you're playing in a cold weather city, you, you maybe uh, you know have a car you can start up, and then you got to walk from there to the facility. That's not the case here. Now, you look at Green's 65 career touchdown passes. Seven have covered at least 40 yards, and 13 have gone for 50 yards. Now, again, if, he, if he's getting single coverage, you take the 50-50 shots with him. Because again, his catch radius is very well. He's tall. He can he can spot the ball in the air. So I expect that maybe we'll see some more big playability, not only from him, possibly Hopkins, if they want to double uh, one side or the other. Yeah, and you look at the trickle down now. You've got Hopkins on one side, Green on the other, and according to General Manager Steve Keim. Christian Kirk on the inside, depending on what happens with Larry Fitzgerald, but they believe Kirk might be better suited for a slot position as far as a wideout is concerned. So you've got your top three, and of course, depending again on what happens with number 11, we wait and see as here we sit on March 23rd, not knowing what Larry Fitzgerald is going to do. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Because he loves talking about the offense. B-Train, we've got more offensive line discussion in the second half of the show right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The Cardinals are trading for Raiders Pro Bowl center Rodney Hudson. I assume the Cardinals wanted him and uh, it wasn't officially released so they snooped in there and said hey before he gets the open market before we have to is there any way we can trade for this nice move by the cardinals cardinals are moving seismic shift is what the owner of the cardinals said a week or two ago about the salary cap they're making their team better over there you got to respect it around kyler and cliff kingsbury talking more offense speed train you got to love it because you need to be able to score points in this league. Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee Show discussing the acquisition of Rodney Hudson, the man in the middle for perhaps at least a bit of a revamped offensive line, at least from the center 
to the right guard position. Calvin Beecham is back at right tackle, or at least you would assume so. He would not come out and say, yes, I'm the starter. He he would prefer to say, I'm competing for that right tackle spot. But, uh, yes, the offensive line is the utmost important if this team wants to take it to the next level with Kyler Murray in year three. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. When you look now, B-Train, at this offensive line, left to right, Humphreys, Pugh, Hudson, still a question mark at right guard. We'll get into Brian Winters, but there could be some moving parts there. And Beecham at right tackle. What do you like about what the Cardinals have on that offensive line? I like the fact that they have experience and they also have ability. And you can talk about guys that were here before and you don't want to talk bad about them, but it's an upgrade of talent. And I think Steve Kime has done a great job of of diagnosing what this team needed as far as offensive line help, and, and he went out and addressed those needs. And, and when you start talking about experience and, and, and just all-around ability to do your job well, uh, that always helps your offense. And, and when you have those five guys that are much more solidified, I mean, it's one thing to have them play all season together. That's big. That's important. But – when you start talking about guys that can play really well and they're there all 16 games now, you have yourself a, a, a nice foundation. And, you know, meat and potatoes is something that I grew up on as a, as a native Texan. I, I love me some meat and potatoes, you know, but it's got to be chicken these days. Uh, but when you start talking about that, you want to build from the inside out. And I thought the Cardinals did a great job of, of really laying that foundation uh, this offseason with bringing in those those two those two free agents. Well, Beecham specifically played all 16 games, started all 16 games last season, allowed only three sacks according to Pro Football Focus, and there was some question on whether or not he would return to the Cardinals in 2021. But first and foremost, there is a big reason why Beecham is back wearing a Cardinals uniform. Sean Coogler is a big reason why um, I made the decision to come out to the desert last year and and really probably one of the single most important reasons why I signed back this year. Um, Sean Coogler is the guy that stood on the table and drafted me in 2012. I probably wouldn't play right tackle for another coach, just being honest with you. That to me, MJ, was the biggest takeaway when we had a chance to hear from Beecham once again as far as re-signing with the Cardinals because it speaks to the word that you've been using a lot this offseason and that is relationship. It it pays to have good relationships amongst teammates, players, and coaches because it does go a long way because Beecham maybe could have gone somewhere else and made more money. But he is comfortable here and certainly likes who he's playing for and with. And he was a pleasant surprise. I mean, you didn't know you know the whole situation at right tackle and Marcus Gilbert opted out. And then you're thinking, all right, you know, Justin Murray does have experience over there, and, and we know Murray's flexible at, at – guard both guard spots so yeah I was thoroughly impressed and I think he's a great locker room guy and and I like to hear him when it the way he speaks um yeah but Sean Coogler every time we talk to this lineman you know how I feel about him and at the end of the day you know I I think they they're disappointed how they finished last year and there's a reason why they went out and got Rodney Hudson and you know Steve said you know he's been the GM you know since Bruce Arians and him came in together um, but he said this could be the deepest offensive line they've had possibly since he's been the general manager. And really, when you look at it, let's just say hypothetically, you know, we look at the starting five, Humphreys, Pews, Hudson, Murray, and Beecham. Now you're looking at Josh Jones, 23 years old, 
Max Garcia, he could play both guard and center, 29. Brian Winters, which we're going to get into, 29. Mason Cole, 24. Lamont Gilliard, 25. Josh Miles. Cardinals have 16 offensive linemen on there, and they're hoping their second unit, there will not be a drop-off if somebody goes down. Well, let's get into Winters because he was the most recent offensive line addition. Garcia re-signed, but Winters signing to a one-year contract eight seasons or excuse me eight seasons in the league last season with the bills after seven seasons with the jets but someone who is very physical six foot four 320 pounds he'll come in to compete for that right guard spot whether that is murray jones or certainly winters who has the experience here's the general manager on winters and garcia joining the mix the addition of Brian Winters excites me. He's a guy that uh, I've watched for years, dating back to Kent State when he came out. Uh, really physical player, uh, smart, really good quickness in a short area, and I think he does a great job in pass protection. So uh, he's a guy that certainly will have a chance to compete, and uh, as well as uh, signing back Max Garcia, who can play guard or center for us. We hear that word once again, B-Train, pass protection, something that Rodney Hudson is known for. Do we expect maybe a little bit more drop back? from Kyler Murray than maybe we saw last season or the year before? Well, I think it's definitely possible. And, and, and the better you feel about that group, and, and the one word that I focus in on is competition. And the fact that there is competition at the offensive line and there, there aren't just you, – you, you just have to patch up and, and go with what you got. Now there's going to be real competition this offseason as far as who's going to be starting on this offensive line. And anytime you have that – competition, you're going to have guys playing at their best. And, and, and I think the, the team ultimately benefits from that because no matter who is going to be in there, you know that they are going in and, and, and they're giving you everything that they have. So, and, and if something were to happen, unfortunately, uh, due to injuries or something like that, then we know that they can come in and, and the guy that was behind them is going to be playing at a high level too. So uh, competition to me is the word that I took away um, from that, that whole statement uh, from Steve Kahn because that's the element of what the National Football League is at every position. I know quarterbacks don't usually have it, but I think every other position, competition is what makes the team who they are. You're exactly right. You look at Garcia. He's played 21 games over the past two seasons, including 14 last year. He had 50, uh, 57 games in Denver. And you look at Winters. I mean, he's 29 years old. He started both at left and right guard. He's appeared in 106 games, 88 starts. So, again, these guys are veteran guys where you're not relying on a young Lamont Gilliard or Josh Miles or, in this case, Mason Cole. As our producer uh, Jim Mahundro alerted me to yesterday, Winters and Kelvin Beecham, three seasons together with the New York Jets. So some relationships there on Intel. the offensive line, yes, before you even get to you know a, an offseason workout. There's some knowledge of what you're jumping into if you're Brian Winters on that right side. Now, left guard, there's certainly been a lot of discussion about Justin Pugh. He's under contract, but a high cap number. So he was one of those names that perhaps people thought, hey, you know what, maybe you move away from him or you ask to restructure. General Manager Steve Kahn has been very consistent, though, praising Pugh all offseason, and he did earlier this week when Pugh was once again the subject of what was going to happen at the left guard position. I do see Justin as our left guard, and and uh, I think he had hit one of his best seasons uh, as a pro last year. Played extremely consistent uh, and really excited about um, you know what he did for us on the field. And 
Pugh wants to be here because we do have clarification now that there is some restructuring done with Justin Pugh's contract. In fact, Pugh went on social media to confirm the news. Quote, to clarify, I restructured my contract and took a pay cut to stay with the Cardinals. I love Arizona. I want to finish my career here. Now let's go win a ring. End of tweets. B-Train, it sounds great because you want players to want to be here. Yes, you do want players to be here, and, and unfortunately for Justin, he understood the business side of it uh, with his number and what the Cardinals needed to do. Most of the time, restructuring does mean pay cut in the NFL. And unless you're a quarterback and then you're just trying to uh, get money allocated for the, 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 the salary cap and, 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 you know, you get that money in the form of a bonus. But everybody else has to kind of look at it as restructuring means pay cut. And, and uh, I had to go through it my last year or second to last year here with the Cardinals, and, and you have to make business decisions. If you are comfortable where you are and you feel like that team has an opportunity to do something special, then you're much more apt and, and willing to do that. If you don't feel like the team is, is going anywhere or you don't really love it where you are and you feel like you can find greener pastures, then you're, you're less willing to restructure or take that pay cut. And so for Justin Pugh, he's the guy that understands that he, he's playing that long game again, and, and uh, he's looking for uh, not immediate uh, dividends, but he's looking for the long-term payoff, which is uh, the possibility of getting into the playoffs and having an opportunity to go win a Lombardi Trophy. It's the business side of the National Football League, but Pugh did play well, according to the general manager, and this was earlier in the offseason, quote, I think Justin Pugh had his best year as a Cardinal, end quote. Now, and Pugh has acknowledged this much because the one knock on Pugh last season, MJ, was the number of penalties, four false start and four holding penalties, and those can't happen, especially when all of a sudden you're looking at a first and 10 to a first and 20, but Pugh understands that first and foremost, so I'm not going to belabor the point but it is something that he brought up himself before anyone could ask yeah you look at it i mean 32 false start penalties uh, most of any team you know humphreys had six arnold had five um, cole had four pew as you mentioned four and then nine total um, clearly that's got to improve because they, they were the most penalized team in the league and you can't shoot yourselves in the foot. Again, I have no problem if a guy's going to grab a guy instead of getting Kyler Murray hurt. But pre- and post-snap penalties, those are, those are mental errors. And the stalled drives stalled drives that we all became familiar with in 2020, the Cardinals, a number of stalled drives, and you don't want to see that certainly this coming season in year three for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. When we come back, all right, B-Train, let's talk some defense. And the one big hole on that side of the ball, cornerback, what does this team do? Because there are, well, there are still options on the table. And then, of course, there is the draft. But as far as what's currently on the roster, uh, it's slim pickings. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry all year round, 11 a.m. on Tuesdays, talking the Arizona Cardinals as we get closer and closer to a full offseason, hopefully. Still in the midst, though, of free agency. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
Jones ready for the uh, snap. He's got it at the 12-yard line. Cards come after it. He gets the kick away. It's high. And D. Peterson backing up. He'll field it at the 20. Run right, slips, gets back up, runs left. 25-30, 35-40. Peterson, 45-50. Peterson, number four for the rookie. Tying the NFL record for a single season. Takes it all the way for the touchdown. A middle return. Patrick Peterson's bread and butter right up the gut to the house. Patrick Peterson dropped the sickle, baby. The Grim Reaper is here. It is certainly going to be strange, odd, to see Patrick Peterson in a different uniform in 2021. But Cardinal fans, you'll be able to see Pat P at State Farm Stadium as the Vikings will play the Cardinals this coming season as the Cardinals and Peterson move on 10 seasons and it's unfortunate that things just didn't work out but as we discussed with Justin Pugh in our last segment sometimes it's the business side of the game and you have to move on and now the Cardinals gentlemen have to move on and look first and foremost at the cornerback position because without Patrick Peterson even with Peterson back in the fold this was a position that needed to be addressed because right now Byron Murphy and Robert Alford, the only two corners on the roster with any kind of experience at all, something the general manager Steve Kime knows all about. You know, every team has holes, and you, you, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to panic uh, and do things that are uh, put you in a tough situation from a cap standpoint. So uh, we'll continue to monitor the market. Uh, there's different avenues that we can take, whether it's through free agency, trade options, or even the NFL draft. So three options there, B-Train, to fill what certainly is a need and was going to be a need heading into free agency, and here we are one weekend. It still is a need. It's definitely going to be a need, but I am certain that uh, see what I did there. That there I, are I, many I options you, yeah. that uh, that you can that you can go with as far as finding that that shutdown corner, uh, whether it's free agency or the draft. I'm, I'm certain of it. So yeah, I, I, I think of this as uh, one of those needs that we've talked about for years for the Arizona Cardinals, and and. Uh, when we drafted Patrick Peterson, he was a guy that was a no-brainer because everybody that was anybody that that was in the know knew that that Patrick Peterson was a can't-miss guy, and and I'm certain that there is a can't-miss cornerback uh, coming out of, of of the draft this year. So I I think that that's a, a great way to go as far as as looking at at a a guy that is that is can't-miss and has come from uh, success and and and. Uh, used to winning at a very high level. I- I'm certain that I can I can come up with somebody that 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 fits that bill. So uh, whatever the Cardinals do, I-, I know that they will make sure that they do their due diligence. But but I- I'm certain that they will make sure that they they find the guy that they can uh, lock in and-, and plug in that position and and, and fill the void that Patrick Peterson left. Very subtle there, B-Train. The uh, Cardinals certainly, but are they certain that that guy will be there at number 16? I guess that would be my comeback in this discussion. And you're referring to Patrick certain. Now, you certainly have Byron Murphy on the roster, MJ, someone that the Cardinals did invest heavily a couple of years back as far as the draft is concerned. And there was some talk that maybe you move him from the slot to one of those outside corner positions. Yet it might not be the case, according to the general manager. 
Byron can play outside. He's done it before. You know, to, to find guys who can play inside is a little more difficult uh, than years in the past. And it's a really tough position uh, with two-way goes and the quickness that's required to play inside. And we think Murph's one of the better inside corners in the NFL. He can play outside as well. Uh, you know, in this day and age, as much as teams are going three and four wide, I, I think your slot corner is, is just as valuable as your second corner. I know we sit there and say, well, your base personnel, you have a couple corners. The way the league is going, you have to have your nickel or dime package out there. So, you know, they move him around. He, to me, he's physical. He attacks the ball. He's uh, he's really good in, in tackling in the open field. So if that's where he's has his big, biggest upset or upside, leave him there and then try to find a, get another corner. Um, it is a deep draft, that corner. Now it's a matter of what the Cardinals do at 16, how many come off the board. There are some corners out there, and just based on the information we got the, within the last 15 or 20 minutes, uh, obviously with Justin Pugh restructuring, it may give the Cardinals an opportunity to go out and try to find a corner now because when you go out and make these signings for Hudson and Watt and A.J. Green and you retain Marcus Golden, that money dries up pretty quick. And even be trained if you are certain that the Cardinals will draft a corner. You do need to sign one or two or even acquire one or two because right now as you look at it, you have a hole at numbers one and two at the far as the cornerback position is concerned. Without question, and looking at the, the, the lay of the land as far as the NFL is concerned, you need three or four uh, cornerbacks that can go out there and play at a really high level because you're looking at the offenses and the number of receivers that are coming into the league and that are being taken advantage of. You you, you have to make sure that you're able to match up with those big-time receivers. And, and uh, if you have enough cornerbacks and, and enough pass rush, then you can definitely do that. So it, it's going to be uh, various ways that they go about it. But, uh, again, I'm certain that there's one that they can – find in the draft that can come in and, and fill a void very quickly. And we are certain that we will be back next week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. There is time, Bird Gang, for this team to still fill the needs at cornerback, running back, maybe tight end and backup quarterback as one. We will cover it all right here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Almondro, technical director, Cody Fincher. Shout out to Nathan Lee for Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, and Paulie Pinch hitter. Paul Calvisi for sitting in for segment one. I'm Craig Riolu. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.